Hey, it's Sean. Real quick, before we jump in, please remember to subscribe by tapping the follow icon inside the player you're currently listening on. It costs you absolutely nothing, and it's guaranteed to make me smile, which makes your opposable thumbs pretty powerful. Also, if you enjoy this episode, please share it with someone you think might enjoy it too. Something Shifted is about matters of the heart and the head. Grit has been defined as a combination of passion and perseverance in an effort to achieve long-term goals. Without passion, perseverance can lead to burnout, and without perseverance, many of us simply give up. Grit is a mental toughness that enables people to persist and even succeed in the face of adversity. Psychologist Angela Duckworth believes that grit is the single trait in our complex and wavering nature that accounts for success, even more important than natural talent, ability, and intelligence. I, for one, love speaking to people who are tenacious. Come to think of it, I've more often than not supported the underdog, the player who is ranked second but shows heart. You know, the team that appears weaker but is focused and perseveres regardless. The individual that shows up every day and keeps on grafting because potential is worth exploring. Brandon Beek is one such person. He teaches me so much about grit and I am pumped to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Do you consider yourself, Brandon, to be more of a dreamer or more of a doer? <laughs> Definitely more of a dreamer. Um, I talk to my girlfriend quite a lot about that. Um, I have got big dreams, my head often in the clouds, and so often she's the one who actually tells me, okay, what are you going to do about it though? Like, are you going to take those big dreams? Like, start to, like, what's your first step? Um, is this something you should be looking at right now or is this something you can do further down the line? Uh, but I'm definitely stuck with my head in the clouds. But at the end of the day, you know, everything starts with the dream. Uh, that's what's got me to where I am today. What are you dreaming about at the moment? I'd probably say going to world champs in the next two weeks in Paris. And then next year going to the Paralympics, hopefully. <laughs> the road to Paris 2024. How, how is your training coming along? It's been quite challenging. There's been lots of ups and downs. But uh, I started this year probably my strongest season yet. And then I fell injured and I got sick uh, just by luck. <laughs> but these setbacks happen. And um, seems like it's going quite well so far. I've made some very surprising improvements in areas that were unexpected and um, might even be shifting my area of focus from what was the 100s now to a 400 and the 1500s in a wheelchair racing. So, uh, yeah, overall, pretty excited. Um, and think it's going to go well. Hopefully, I'll make the team next year. Yeah, I have high hopes for you as well. And watching your trajectory as it has developed over the last couple of years, I think there's lots to hope for and lots to dream about and to be excited about. The shift to being a para-athlete, was that a, a dream? Did that come from dreaming about being active again? How did, how did you make that transition? I guess being active or being an athlete in some capacity has always been a part of me. Uh, it's always been a part of who I am. I was a gymnast before and uh, I trained two to five hours a day, six days a week. And, um, you know, life's, life has other plans, I guess. <laughs> I always had the dream of going to the Olympics representing my country as a South African gymnast. And then in 2012, I, that, that definitely changed. I was training for the first year at junior Olympic level and uh, 
fell off the parallel bars during a training session and fell on my head and broke my neck. In an instant, I was left a quadriplegic. My entire life, it was gymnastics, uh, also music and dance, two of my other passions just disappeared. And to go from being so active to being, you know, um, what felt like an invalid um, was extremely life-changing. I felt like I lost everything. So it was quite a lot of self-searching, quite a journey over the past few years to find myself again and who is Brandon and what do I do and what can I do? What can't I do? And what are my limitations and what am I still capable of? And I came to realize, you know, once I, once I opened my mind to the thought that, you know, I'm capable of a lot more than I ever really expected. I've just got to take action and do it and try. I've got nothing to lose. That's what's kind of pushed me into the direction of finding sports again. Um, my accident happened in 2012 and in 2015 I looked at Paris sports different opportunities and in 2016 um, was my first time competing with wheelchair racing and I just fell in love with it the rush the excitement the um, yeah, I, I enjoy going fast uh, maybe a bit of an adrenaline junkie from the gymnastics days being a little bit on uh, you know living on the edge and I I love every moment of it. I've been doing it now, well, like I said, since 2016, and uh, it's been tough. Uh, it's been it's had its ups and it's had its downs, but I've still got that dream of going to the Olympics, just in a different form. That's the Paralympics. So that dream that I thought was lost, you know, just because I didn't give up on it, shows that you know I can still make it. And 2012, that's 11 years ago now. You were 16, if I remember correctly? Yeah, I was 16. I was still in grade 11 at the time. I had to, I took music and dance, both as subjects at school. And I had to actually change those that year and redo grade 11 because I couldn't dance, obviously, and I couldn't use my hands for three years or play my guitar tough to throw that onto a 16 year old's plate <laughs> yeah i can only imagine you must have felt like you'd been robbed of your independence yeah uh, i mean i couldn't even hold a cup of coffee by myself or feed myself or dress myself or bathe myself or you know shave anything like that and i was incapable um and the doctors said i would have to rely on a carer for the rest of my life and you know I, something as simple as moving my bum from one object to another object and transferring was the biggest struggle. I didn't have function of my triceps. I didn't have function of my hands and I lost all sensations from around about the nipples down. It was pretty crazy to go from someone who was so independent, so active to someone who was so reliant and uh, on others and had lost their independence entirely so mm. that was my biggest goal uh, before sports and before anything else was just I wanted to get my independence back um, no matter what it took So then what is your relationship now with things like therapy both mental and physical? Physical therapy has become you know it's, it's a part of my life it's a, day, a part of my day to day living I used to go for rehab sessions almost every t- pretty much every day. Uh, my gymnastics was replaced with my rehabilitation and my therapy. And 
it really showed the results showed the the hard work that I put in helps you know I I gained back I've gained back full function of my triceps and my arms and almost full function of my hands they look pretty much normal and um, they're just a little bit weak but they're getting there uh, 11 years down the line now it's kind of developed into a point where I don't necessarily go for a therapy session but I'll I, I train for my sport. That's my activity, and that keeps me strong, and that keeps me growing. And growing in the manner that, you know, 11 years down the line, I'm still seeing improvement. I'm still strengthening. My back still improves. I still improve my level of mobility. But also, that's because that therapy that I supposedly stopped, I now implement on a day-to-day basis, my daily living. Mm. Those skills of learning how to transfer, I now implement day-to-day basis if we're out with friends uh i'll get out of my chair onto the grass while they're picnicking i'll sit on other chairs i'll move myself around i'll lift things up i'll um, get out of my chair i'll uh, push up a ramp by myself i'll go down a ramp by myself i'll try pop up steps i'll try to do all of these things that i've learned in therapy and now i apply them on a day-to-day basis the real change happens at home uh it's not during the therapy session actually it's applying it on a day-to-day basis at home that's when you get better at a skill yeah um we've had conversations before i mean as many listeners to the show will know my daughter has special needs um doctors were talking about how she would also be dependent on us for for a very long time and up until the age of six she was unable to sit on her own And in the space of a year, she is now getting herself upright onto her two feet and trying to stand. She's mimicking the movements of walking, but she's trying. And I can say exactly as what you're saying, it's all the work that goes in that slowly but surely it builds. Having the the tenacity to follow through with it, though, if you're not seeing the results, it's really difficult to to keep on going. And I applaud you for consistently sticking to it because it's it is it's the hard yards. We need to constantly reassess and look at where we are in relation to where we were. Um, and I think the most important thing is to actually recognize the small achievement. Um, for me, something as small as opening a a bottle top by myself was the biggest achievement. Or being able to eat soup by myself with a spoon and not spill. <laughs> Little things like that. Or being able to lift up my own legs or put on my pants. Uh, it's like so often we're so self-obsessed with this big goal of, for me, walking again. That we tend to miss the little milestones that all add up. A building is built brick by brick and we have to applaud each brick that is that is laid. No matter how small that brick is it still adds up to become that that building yeah Yeah. so uh, yeah that that's definitely something that i had to teach myself that patience to just stop and really look at what's what i've achieved today compared to last week 
I definitely share that sentiment. It's sort of an, an attitude of gratitude. Uh, it's not always easy to stand still long enough mentally to recognize those things. And the previous episode I recorded with Ayanda Lamini, she was also saying, you know, it's a case of um, celebrating those small moments in your life because the more you do that, the more there is to celebrate as opposed to constantly looking at the big things that you haven't yet achieved. Uh, you're well on your way to achieving those big things. But as you quite rightly say, celebrating the small things is just as important. You know, prior to you having an accident, how much interaction did you have with people that had mobility challenges of their own? What was your experience like with other people of determination? But I think many understand it as people that are disabled. I don't know where you stand on, on those two things. One thing I've come to realize is that it's some people call it people with disabilities. Some people call it disabled. Uh, some people call it differently abled. Uh, people with determination. Yeah, you can call it what you will. Um, I'm not very phased about it, and I don't think there are a lot of people out there um, in our situation or with disability too are very phased about it. It's the first point person. But the weird thing is that I never really interacted with people with disabilities beforehand. Um, I didn't mix with them. I didn't know anyone with a disability. I didn't really regard myself as being someone who should mix with them. I didn't really relate to them. Um, and I can guiltily say that I fell into that societal preconceived notion of people with disabilities being sad and depressing and hopeless and grumpy. <laughs> and that, that, that's, that's not how it is. Uh, I, after my accident, my parents refused for anyone with a disability to come and visit me. They refused any type of peer support or visitors or anything like that because I'm not going to mix with someone with a disability because I'm not disabled. Okay. Uh, that sense of denial and that sense of refusal is actually actually not good. I see now as a peer supporter, somebody goes into hospitals and sees people and motivates them. How valuable that is. How inspiring and motivating it is. Because before... I thought if you had a disability or you broke your neck, anything like that, it's, your life was pretty much over. Um, yeah, there were some guys out there, you know, some Paralympians and who are getting a bit of press and everything, but otherwise it's, you know, if you're in a wheelchair, you're, you're, you live quite a sad life. Little did I know, like, the amount of incredible people that were actually out there mm. who overcome these things on a daily basis as if it's nothing because they're just living their lives. Uh, people often said to me, like the fact that I get up in the morning and I like overcome my disability to go and like to now have a job or to do, do, to do sports or have all these dreams is admirable and amazing. But the fact is like, I just want to live my life. And if that's, that's what it takes to live my life, that's what it takes. Mm. It's, it's crazy. I think about it often how I didn't mix at all with anyone with a disability beforehand. That's something that I wish to change going forward. I wish to be in the public eye more, to mix with other people who are able more so that they can see. This is a, a young guy. He's fit. He takes care of himself. Mm -hmm. Well-spoken. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's successful. And he's he has a disability, but I don't see it. I see him. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's the thing. Um, for a lot of people see a disability and they add a tag to a person, a label, and a person is still a person, doesn't matter what their form of ability. It's beautiful the way you phrase that. I have found over the last year or two the desire to take Zoe out of the house that much more because I feel much the same as you, especially in the beginning. It was in a denial and this is not my life. This is not the way things are going to be. And slowly but surely, you find yourself in a depressive state because you've isolated yourself from the rest of the world. Yeah. And slowly but surely, I'm becoming more comfortable with taking her out in a wheelchair or out in a buggy and letting other people see that we exist. Yep. You know, I'm not going to hide away anymore. I don't want to be isolated from the rest of the world. And part of that also adds up to the fact that that's why we some sometimes we don't interact with other people that have disabilities because they are feeling alone or it's easier to stay indoors. It's difficult to navigate the outdoor spaces, all sorts of reasons. But your sentiments, I think, are 100% on, on par with mine to get out there and to show that we've still got lives to live. Yes, it's difficult. Those, those challenges can be overcome with a community of people. Definitely, you can't let our souls be held back because we're scared of what other people are going to think, what other people are saying. They're, they're too worried about themselves to even care about anyone else and if they do care about what you think then sorry to say but screw them you know we we can live our life the way that we want to why should we hold ourselves back because we're insecure or shy about what other people are going to think at the end of the day should we not just be happy we should most certainly be happy What are the things that you love to do? What do I love to do? What makes me happy? Spending time with my my girlfriend, Taylor, and my dog. Yeah. Those are my two biggest escapes. I just love going on little long drives. I love road trips, going on little adventures, days out, long walks. Just finding that time to kind of break away from the intensities of life mm-hmm. and just have that stillness, time to just be. Um, and especially be with the ones that you love. My favorite time in the day is sitting on a on a quiet morning with my cup of coffee, cuddling my dog, or holding Taylor, um, or taking a drive out early morning when it's crisp and cool, and we find a spot to stop and we, you know, have our cup of coffee or uh, a good glass of wine at the end of the day. Uh, though that, that's what I like to do in my time. Um, just try and find moments of stillness amongst all the, the chaos. Did you ever fear not being able to share your life with someone? You speak so warmly about your girlfriend and your dog. I I don't know if it's from this the standpoint that for for the longest time that felt like it was an impossibility. No, definitely. Um did I actually share the story how I was at school and it was after drama class and I wanted to speak to my teacher and I remember I kind of just broke down with my teacher and burst into tears and uh, she was asked what the issue was and I, I, I couldn't just put into words and I finally got out the fact that I'm never going to find a girlfriend um you know, uh, with my disability and no one's going to love me. No one's going to see me as attractive or I'm not sexy. Um, 
how am I going to talk to girls? How am I going to um, get intimate with a girl? You know, things like sex, mm. anything like that, that 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 involves intimacy and actually being that vulnerable with a person, like for a person to see who I am, what I am, what I deal with. Will they accept all the complications that come with me and my disability? Mm. And she gave me a big hug and she said that everything was going to be fine and that I'm a good looking bad boy mm-hmm. I'm a good looking boy and that I'm confident that I've overcome so much already that there's nothing else that can that can hold me back and that I must just be myself and the right person will come along mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened there is someone out there there are people out there I'd had many moments of doubt, scared that I wasn't going to find someone who loves me, uh, find someone who I could be in a relationship and be intimate and be vulnerable with. Uh, but I did. Yeah. And she found me. <laughs> the crazy thing is I can't imagine my life with anyone else. And I feel that I was silly beforehand to even think that way. Yeah. Do you think that I'm not good enough? Uh, why? Why does one question himself but think that they're not good enough? No reason they should think that because there's someone out there who will love you for who you are. All of my imperfections, my tummy, because I don't have any control of my stomach muscles, so I've got a little belly, you know, my skinny legs because they've atrophied, my big swollen feet at the end of the day because I, I think my, you know, my feet swollen because I'm sitting in a wheelchair and all these things that I find insecure and I hate about myself she loves mm. you know that's just it shows me with so much gratitude the fact that I was able to find someone like that mm. we must just put ourselves out there and we must be vulnerable and be honest to ourselves and those around us mm. because you fall in love with the person not with the body. You share so many great messages. I I see a long career for you in motivational speaking, Brandon. I know you're dabbling in all sorts of things at the moment as you gear up for World Champs later this year, um, Paris 2024, crossing fingers, holding thumbs, um, that that all comes to fruition. Uh, but business-wise as well, you're never one to to sit still you're constantly <laughs> creating something else for yourself yeah it's been quite a i tend to dig my own grave sometimes um and people get on my case because i'm so bad with messages replying but i like you said i'm a dreamer um i have so many ideas and so many things i want to do and so much change i want to make i don't know you know i, I never expected my life to go in this direction especially in the business perspective because I I took business um, after my accident in, uh, in school and uh, sorry to my teacher but I, I hated every minute of it and now 11 years down the line I'm, I'm a co-founder to a non-profit organization called Walking with Branding that offers outpatient rehabilitation to people with disabilities like an affordable rate mm. and this is a program that I was exposed to at the Shepherd Center in 2013 that was this incredible outpatient rehabilitation program and i found such 
such an improvement of just over six weeks on that program. Uh, we saw a 20 to 70% muscle hunk just over six weeks. Wow. Uh, that was arguably more than what I had a year in South Africa. And I wanted to bring that same program back to SA uh, for me to continue and then in time share with others because there's so many people out there with disabilities in the communities who need help, who need um, assistance and who are capable of so much more if they just put their minds to it and if they're actually just shown, they're given the right tools that they are capable of being independent. They don't need to rely on someone else to dress them or feed them or lift them in and out of a car. You can lift your own ass into that car. You can even drive that car. Like you. Like me. (laughs) Uh, You know, to go from living with a carer to now being totally independent. I can live by myself. I drive my own car. I just come back from Switzerland traveling alone for two weeks. A few years ago, I was in Europe for a month and I was alone uh, with all my luggage and all my baggage. There's so much stuff. Um, (laughs) But... We find a way, and that's the thing. It's people with disabilities in South Africa have this limited mindset that uh, because of my disability, I am not capable of doing anything, um, and I need to be in hand and foot. And you know, I am now a burden, and I am incapable. But I'm you. You're not. Uh, you just have different ways to solve problems. Uh, it might take you a little longer. Uh, you might need to exercise different muscles and, you know, do it in a different manner or need a, a some device or whatever it is. But someone with a disability is capable of doing almost anything that someone who's able can. I often see it as if there are two stories to a building and there's no lift, uh, I can't get to that to the second floor. Mm. But if there's no stairs, you can't get to that second floor either. So the disability isn't in my form of mobility. The disability is the barrier that society puts in place for us in an accessible world. Mm-hmm. That's what we wish to change at Hawking and Brandon is that people come into our program at the Therapy and Beyond Center. We currently have two one in Pinelands and one in Stellenbosch. It's amazing to see these people come on board um, after their inpatients we have or years down the line and see them grow. Not only physically get stronger and more independence and possibly even some people even walking out there years down the line, but seeing how they grow as people, how they become motivated and driven and Um, inspired because they're around like-minded individuals to think that they're not limiting themselves anymore. If they want to go somewhere or do something, they go do it. They find a way. Uh, If they want to start a job or start a family, they do it. You know, they, they, they get careers, they get into sports, whatever it is, just because they're shown that there's no need for them to hold themselves back. So, Walking with Brandon has grown into such an amazing non-profit organization. The, the changes that we make, we've changed over 200 people's lives over the past, what, five, six years? Amazing. All that has either, you know, 
seen things as small as being able to brush their own teeth or feed themselves uh, to as big as walking out there and recovering fully. Uh, we all recover at different rates. Uh, some people will fully recover, some people won't. But it's how you live your life along that journey that's the most important. Yeah. That, that, that's what it comes down to. I, if the day, if medicine and technology gets as good to the point that I will hopefully walking in one day, which I believe in, I wouldn't want to have said that I sat on my ass doing nothing for all of those years. Um, I'm in a chair, I'm still mobile. What am I going to do about it? Yeah. I'm going to live my life, I'm going to take every opportunity. And everyone else should as well. You're breaking barriers, my friend. You're breaking down belief systems for yourself and for other people and then allowing for those to be rebuilt and for us to believe that we are capable of so much. We just have to unlock that for ourselves. And I thank you for showing us the way. Thank you for for platforms like this. We can actually just talk and share these things because um, I think it's so important for us just to hear from each other because often like you mentioned to me earlier it's, people feel like they're alone on this journey and the fact is you're not everyone's going through some type of shit and it's how you play the cards that you're dealt that shapes you to the person that you're going to be you know you, you, you're not alone in this we're all in this together and to hear someone else going through a tough time or something equally or more difficult uh, arguably it's it gives you a sense of you know we're in this together and if they can do it I can do it Therapy and Beyond is such a brilliant name it really it resonates so well thank you for your vulnerability my friend Brandon lives in Somerset West with his girlfriend Taylor and their dog, a rescued collie cross named Oliver. The work that the Walking with Brandon Foundation has done and continues to do really is life-changing. You can check it out online as well as their therapy and beyond centers that Brandon spoke about. I've included links to the websites in the show notes. I'll also include links to his social media accounts so that you can cheer him along the road to the 2024 Paris Paralympic Games. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please hit the follow button inside the app you're currently listening on and give the podcast a five-star review. I know you want to. And the reviews really do help others discover the podcast. If you've done this already, thank you so very much. Since we are on this transformative journey together, why not bring a few more along? Go ahead and share some assembly required with your podcast listening friends. Oh, and if you are a Spotify listener, did you know that you can interact with me inside the app? Just scroll to the Q&A section and share your thoughts on this episode. It's easy. My name is Sean Lewitz. Until the next time, chat soon.